Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Ranger Show, and I am joined with Diamond Dave. Dave, how the hell are you? I'm fantastic. I am officially on summer break. Good for you, man. Much needed break for sure. Uh, you're an educator, so God bless. You should be sainted, uh, knighted, sainted? One I'll of those. take them all. There you go. Uh, yeah. At any point now. We've got Will Webster, the assistant coach of the New England Free Jacks. Will, how the hell are you? No, great. Thank you very much. Sainted. I've, I've taught myself, so I think definitely sainted and knighthood uh, is, is in order. <laughs> Deserve the summer break there, mate. Absolutely. Absolutely. All the educators deserve a nice break off. Let's talk, Will, let's talk about the incredible regular season that this this franchise is having right now. 14 wins. It breaks the record for 13 last year. What have been your overall impressions? Because, we, of course, we had you on, I want to say, in the off season before anything really got kicked off. What were your impressions of this first regular season coaching in MLR? Um, yeah, be, yeah, pretty happy with how it's gone, obviously. Um, yeah, we had a, a good few lessons in there. Uh, it wasn't all kind of success in our way. And I think, I think we've learned along the way and really happy with, with, I guess the end result. Um, but looking, looking forward probably over the next two weeks, rather than looking back and, mm-hmm. um, probably do that a little bit later on, but no, it's, I've loved it from a personal standpoint. It's been awesome um it's been a great experience sort of being in the usa and traveling the us and um you're really impressed with the mlr and i think it's um it's been an awesome product uh, or it is an awesome product so no it's been great listen i mean we're really really impressed with the the job that you've done as forwards coach this season but what has been your favorite memory so far obviously there's potential favorite memories down the road because the season's not over but what's been your favorite memory for the regular season wow um honestly it's it's probably been it's probably a it's a a horrible answer but my 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 favorite memories would probably be off off of match day, just being in with the group, um, you know, training meetings, uh, as you can imagine, with a group of 25 guys in a room and, and all forwards. You know, there's, there's been some funny moments there, but I, I suppose on the pitch, probably uh, beating New York at home. Yeah. Uh, I think that the, the home crowd um, last Sunday on Father's Day um, mm-hmm. was, was unbelievable. Nice. So... I think any any time probably playing in front of our home crowd's been great. They put on a great atmosphere, and there's been some uh, there's been some good days. A hundred percent. There's a lot of great memories uh, with 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 what has taken place this uh, regular season. One of my favorite is definitely out in Seattle. I you know I wasn't expecting us to win that game. You know Seattle Seattle's a great team. That's a far away trip to go on, and and ultimately for the Free Jacks to get that win, it was just a cherry on top, man. I was so so excited. You know, uh, it, it was a nice long trip back with that win in our pocket. So that was one of my favorites so far. But um, speaking of New York, they're having some trouble selling tickets to a playoff game, Will. But ultimately, they only have themselves to blame for that. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if we should get some of the, uh, the the Rangers up and buy some tickets and just go to the game and boo both teams every time they have the ball. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, 
you're, you're sat quite far away from the pitch there anyway, so I'm sure they'd hear you. But um, nice. <laughs> no, look, it's, um, no, I look forward to watching it on TV and, and probably a beer in hand. And it'll be, uh, yeah, I couldn't call it. It'll be a hell of a game. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm sure. any excuse to travel down to New York, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll make a good trip of it. There you go. Uh You've been traveling around New England, um, you know, in your in your bye weeks and stuff like that. What's been your impression of the actual region itself? Oh, I've loved it, absolutely loved it. No, I've been been really fortunate actually. Um, the last bye week, I managed to sort of get myself up through Maine uh, up to what was it, Camden? I think Camden was about as north as I I got up by. Rock Porter. Hope, I hope I've got those names right. Yes. Um, yeah. And then sort of went, yeah, then, then went through New Hampshire, climbed Mount Washington, which was a bit of a near-death experience. No um, kidding. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a bit gnarly, but no, I've, I've loved it. I've gone down to, spent a bit of time in Rhode Island. My, my girlfriend, Chloe, was over, so we went down to Rhode Island and Cape Cod and absolutely loved it. I've uh, been up to Vermont. It's, it's an awesome place. Um, it's an awesome region. I think it's it's got some hidden gems in there as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some of the sort of smaller places on the on the coast are kind of right up my street, and see some good breweries, some good ciders, some good food, some good seafood. So, no, it's uh, I'd love to spend more more time um, exploring, but I've been quite fortunate to to get about a fair bit. I mean, you've really gotten out and about. I mean, the only one that you haven't listed here is, I think, is Connecticut. But a lot of people don't even consider that to be a New England state, even though technically it is. It's probably the worst of all of them, to be honest. There's not a lot going on in Connecticut. Um, in terms I think Kyle Sakira would, uh, <laughs> would be arguing against you there, I think. But um, yeah. no, yes, I haven't been. I'll have to get down there. <laughs> There's, a, there's some nice casinos if you're into that sort of thing. I would definitely recommend Mohegan Sun. <laughs> but other than that, and there's not much going on. Uh, what's been your favorite place to visit so far, whether it be a state or a specific attraction, town? What's been your favorite? Um, I think the Seattle, Seattle was awesome. Loved it. Uh, we, you know, we got, a, got about it. We had three, three nights over there during this trip. Normally, it's a bit of an in-out. So the hit and run job, but we actually had a bit of time there and, and got into the city a fair bit and loved that. Uh, but probably my favourite was DC. Um, oh, wow. I got up got up real early on on the match day and and got into the city and had a bit of a sort of five a.m. tour around all the monuments and the sites and I, I love my history and sure. things like that. So I saw a saw a fair amount and, and loved that. Would love to go back and spend a bit more time there. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great place to visit. I think once I think all Americans should go at least one time to see all the monuments and and and, and yeah. learn about all of the 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 great people that have led this country, um, and just the history surrounding Washington D.C. It's a very very great uh, area for that for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you the Mike Rogers and Scott Matthey coaching combination has been very very successful for the Free Jacks. What makes those guys so good together? Why is that such a great partnership? Do you think? Yeah, no, it has it has been, and it, it's it is. Um, I've been really fortunate to fortunate to come in with come in this year, and I've learned you know huge amounts off both of them. I think I think first of all, they're both great blokes. Um, they're they're good people. They 
they fit in fantastically well. They have a really good relationship together. Um, you know, they, they connect really well. And, and I think they probably see the game in a similar way. It's, there's, you know, there, there's not a lot of disagreement there. And I think sometimes disagreement's good within a coaching team because you, mm-hmm. you can challenge each other. And we, and we do challenge each other. But I think Scott and Mike see the game very well, um, or sorry, very, very similarly. Um, and they enjoy each other's company off the pitch as well. They both, I think Mike's responsible for getting Scotty into the IPAs. And um, <laughs> I think he's probably let him down, let him down that path. But no, I think ultimately they're, they're, they're great blokes. Um, and, and they're a kind of fantastic fit for the Free Jacks. I mean, it's hard to argue with the the success, right? I mean, there, there's definitely something that has worked out very, very well. And you're kind of describing that they get along really well. They have similar, you know, styles of rugby that they want to play. So all of that is well and good. Um, you know, so I'm just super excited to see maybe hopefully, and we'll kind of get into this later on, maybe you stay on and, and continue with, with Scott if he, if he decides to stay. That would be fantastic. And maybe a third coach gets brought in and we'll have to see how it goes. But I wanted to talk to you about uh, the Eastern Conference Limited. We were just discussing it, how few tickets have been sold down there in Mount Vernon, New York. But it is this weekend a game that the Rangers will be paying close attention to. The Jacks have swept both of these teams. We've swept everybody in the East, to be you know frank. Uh, beating them twice in the regular season. What are your takeaways from those games against both D.C. and New York? Um, yeah, they're, they're quite different as teams um, in terms of the, the way they play the game is is, is very different. Um, so it makes it makes this week kind of trying to prepare for for the game and not know which one you've got not that over not that um, not that straightforward. But and I think you know, DC have got a, a really good pack of forwards. Um, they you know they, I think they know what they're about. They've got a smart coach, um, and New York probably struggled a lot with injuries this year, and, and probably haven't haven't quite found their groove. Um, but they're an incredibly dangerous team, you know, especially on counter attack. They scored tries all over the pitch. You, you can't switch off against them. And and look, I think both teams um, want to beat New England. Likewise, New England want to beat their their closest yeah. rivals. So it's yeah. it's always going to be a pretty um, a pretty touchy affair and it's always mm-hmm. going to be quite close so now like i said i think it'll be it'll be a really good game we're actually we finally got the invite to the dorchester room on sunday <laughs> night so um uh, it's, wow. uh, it's taken a while it's taken yeah. a while so i think we'll uh i'm sure they'll either have it on or, or we'll get back and watch it after afterwards but we'll, we'll certainly be obviously keeping track of the, the score and the result I think Bozo Six is uh, ugh, Bozo Six's head just exploded <laughs> because uh, you know there's there's some history between the Jacks Ranger Show and the Dorchester Room. We won't get too far into that. We won't air the dirty laundry or anything. But uh, yeah, that, that's great that you guys are going to be able to make it there. Hopefully, they won't cancel on you or anything like that. Um, I wanted to quickly just mention here that you know this is a, a situation where 
both of these teams, if you're a Ranger, if you're a, a Free Jacks fan, you don't like either one of these teams that are playing in this Eastern Conference Eliminator. And you have to feel good about our chances, having considered that we beat both of these teams twice in the regular season. So I don't really care who wins. I feel good about the matchup regardless at home at Fort Quincy. So it'll be interesting to watch. Um, and like I said, regardless of who wins, I feel feel good about the, the matchup. Um, crazy question here. Obviously, the Jacks have done very well in the last two seasons in MLR. The team has great depth, great coaches, and a great locker room culture. How would the Jacks do over an entire season in the English Premiership, do you think? Obviously, regulation, uh, relegation excuse me, is not something that currently exists there. But would the Jacks be relegated if it did exist? Oh, wow. Um, well, I have to say no. <laughs> we wouldn't be relegated. <laughs> Um, oh, no, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. I, I'd love to see it, to be honest. It's, it's probably a question I get asked quite a bit. You know, how, oh, do, really? okay. how does the MLR kind of, you know, um, how, would, how would an MLR team transfer across into a Super Rugby or a Premiership or a Championship or whatever else? And mm -hmm. I think the honest truth is we're not quite there in terms of MLR as a league. You, you, you're dealing with an incredibly established team in a first-tier nation or an incredibly established league in a first-tier nation. But no, I'd love to see it. Maybe um, maybe a Free Jacks preseason tour in the next few years to come can, uh, can get over to the UK. Man, Will, you're speaking my language right now, man. Like, I've been hoping for that sort of thing for a long, long time. You know, obviously a bit of an, uh, an Anglophile, you know, because I'm a big Manchester United supporter. I used to support Wasp, but they kind of no longer exist within the whole rugby pyramid, which is a real bummer. So I'm going to have to find a new premiership team. But, yeah, I, I mean, I used to follow those leagues really, really closely before MLR uh, came about. So I would absolutely love the Free Jacks going over there on, like, a preseason tour. I think that would be sick. And I would definitely go. Um, yeah, I think we would do pretty good. I think we'd probably be like maybe safe from the relegation zone, but like barely, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, we got a ways to go here over in uh, the MLR. Still a new league, you know. So yeah. maybe we'll get there one day, right? I'll say what's on the minds of many fans when we talk about this, which is bring back the Kara Cup. Hell where yeah. we played the academies of the Irish counties, you know, and that was before the Free Jacks were really competing, but it was hang really on. fun. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hang on. Yep, it was really, it was really interesting to um, have those teams come over and um, compete with the Free Jacks and each other. They just kind of had a round robin tournament. It was all friendlies, um, and at that point, it was very difficult for the Free Jacks to compete. Um, you know, yeah. with those teams, but I would really love to see it. Was obviously, a very different team than that was when the team was just starting to form, you know, before it was competing in MLR, just you know, beginning to have an identity and, and bringing in players. That's where, like, I think that's where, like, Pongo Haini on New York was on the team. Yeah. It was a very different yeah. look. Um, oh, those, well, those um, Irish, Irish academies are loaded as well, you know, they're they. <laughs> There are only four teams there. They've got huge amounts of depth, and you just have to look at the Irish team and the, the Leinster team and their academies. Are, they're unreal. So, yeah, yeah, it would be fun. I would love to get another crack at those teams now. You know, as the Free Jacks stand, um, it would Absolutely. be interesting to say the least. Well, one of the things that Scott and Mike have talked about being really interesting about Major League Rugby and unique is that it offers a chance to coach 
players from diverse playing backgrounds. You might have, you know, Irish, uh, uh, Australian, South African, Kiwi, maybe even Argentinian and American and Canadian players all together in one team. Um, and then a league that has teams that have very different approaches to the game, you know, in different styles. Uh, is that something yeah. that was new for you as a coach, that sort of cosmopolitan mix? Um, or is that something you'd already experienced coaching, you know, um, with your background in Kenyan sevens and fifteens and Hong Kong? Um, yeah, pr probably yes and no. I think there's definitely, I suppose the, the kind of coaching people from different backgrounds and everything else is, is not, or is something I've done before. And, um, you know, certainly in Hong Kong, there were plenty of players from, from different parts of the world, which is awesome. But I think you're right in terms of a league. The different um, styles of play that each team has is is pretty unique, um, and I think a lot of those replicate where the head coach is from. So you know, Houston last week, a very South African way of playing, and um, and uh, you know, compare that to a, a New York who, who who are very Kiwi in the way that they play the game. So I think that's been awesome, and and that's that's really. Um, I guess stimulating as a coach because you're preparing each week for a different team and, and a different style of play. So, no, it's it's, it's one of the it's, it's one of the awesome things about the MLR, and, and I've certainly loved loved experiencing it. Excellent. <clears throat> um, it's been fun to watch the team this season. Uh, not just successful, but aggressive and creative. Does that creativity give you any freedom as a forwards coach that you might not get in a more prescriptive or conservative competitive environment? Oh, hundred uh, percent. But no, I mean, we, we, we're competitive. I think. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I mean that. a more, I think more, uh, what I'm asking is more of like a kind of a hidebound, you know, system. No, no, where yeah. no, I only say that because, Head coach Scott Matthews, one of the most competitive people I've ever met. So I think um, I don't want to make that clear. But no, you're, you're right. It's it's um, yeah, he he does give us a lot of freedom to to be able to you know. You're back. I'm back. Okay. Yeah, Phil. All right. All False alarm. We're all right. We're all right. Okay. Um, no, okay, just 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 saying, Phil. Just um, the kind of freedom that, that Scotty gives him um, allow us to. To come up with new things you know i love looking at different areas of the game and what other teams are doing and how we might bring it in at a sort of free jacks way so no it's great we have some cool discussions around different different areas of the game the, the specials that we we sort of come up with and things and um it, it's i think it's it's an it's a unique environment to coach in definitely something i haven't experienced before it's 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 hugely supportive it is pretty open to different different ideas but like I said, Scott Matthews a competitive beast, so um, it has it has to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the proof is in the pudding. Com some competitive mofos, as he said himself. Yeah. Uh, if if you had thirty minutes to work on scrummaging or lineouts um, with a club team in the area, you know, just just dropping in on a practice. What would you try to get across to those players in that time? Where would you? Where do you think you would focus first to try to bring their set piece up a level? Um, I think it's. I think whatever 
level your coaching set piece at. You know, if it line up scrums, you you can't get too far away from what so what we call here at the Free Jacks gold standard. So just being really, really good at the basics. So whether that's a lift, uh, a jump, a delivery, a throw, or if it's scrummaging, it's it's doing the same thing at the same time. You know. As a coach, you know, I guess as you sometimes get tempted to overcomplicate things, and um, but I think it's just sort of being really good at the basics, and you can't go far wrong. So, yeah, if, if I was to go into a club, it, it would probably be that message and, and trying to instill um, or help th- that team be able to keep keep things simple by by nailing the basics, and it's certainly something we try and do here as well. Uh, it's a continual process. You have good days, you have bad days at the office. But I think if, you, if your standards are, are good, generally you're going to win ball. You're going to cause havoc at the scrum and um, you know give, give the backs a good platform. Excellent. That's what it's all about. Uh, you said you love visiting D.C. and exploring that city, the history there. Um, but my real interest is in the food. So what city have you eaten the best in as you've gotten a chance to tour the U.S.? Where are you looking forward to going back specifically for the food? Boston. Ooh. Definitely Boston. Right. Um, well, I, honestly, it probably, it probably would be, be close to here. It would be the, some, of the, some of the seafood up in Maine yeah. and, um, you know, around Boston, sort of that Quincy um, – Quincy Market in the middle of Boston. You have to take out a small loan to afford anything there, but it's elite <laughs> food. It's delicious. So, um, I would, I would say, I would, yeah, I would say to be honest, around here we we had an awesome Texas barbecue down in Houston when we were there in preseason. Um, the New York pizzas are always always pretty good as well. So, no, I love my food um, and. That's again been one of the highlights of being here, just just traveling around and trying different bits and pieces out. Excellent. Um, speaking of travel, Mike Rogers recently really praised the SNC crew with the Free Jacks for the way they plan and prepare players for travel. Um, can you give us any insights into how the coaching group adapts for an away game? What do you, what are the, all the, I know there's a lot of moving pieces, but you know, like for the Seattle match, for example, where, you know, that's a, that's a long flight going West and it's really going to have an impact. Yeah. I mean, look, first, firstly, and I can say it cause I live with him, but he's not here at the moment. So I can say it loudly. Um, you know, George Petrakos and, and Ricky and, and all the physios there, honestly, they're some of the best in the business. They're, they're outstanding. Their attention to detail, um, the, the knowledge, I think it's, it's no, it's no wonder that probably you know, a large part of why we've been successful, why our injury list has probably been down, why we've been relatively successful in away trips. Um, well, I mean, probably really successful so far in away trips, um, in our conference and, and picked up wins away. So I think they're, they're fantastic. Um, you know, going, it's something I'd massively underestimated. Going traveling six hours, three time zones to a to a San Diego and a Seattle, and then playing a day later, or maybe if you're lucky, two days later. Yeah. Um, it's 
it's bloody hard. So no, that their level of detail has been awesome. I think as coaches, what what we would do, um, it, probably would, we wouldn't do it a lot differently. It probably just gives us a bit of time to connect um, as as a three and, and plan the following week and you know have a chat around what we're doing. Um, so it, for, for us as a coaching group, it doesn't change hugely, but I think yeah. the, the, the level of detail that those guys go to in terms of preparing the team and looking after the boys is, is elite. Excellent. Is that, you know, when you, when you talk about that, are you talking about like nutrition, you know, just physical mechanics, checkups, checking in on, you know, nagging injuries, that stuff. Like, what does that look like? Give us a little insight. No, it's, it's, it's everything. So, uh, for, this, for the Seattle trip, um, there was a presentation that, that George and Ricky gave around preparing for a three-hour time difference, for preparing for a for six-hour flight, when you should sleep, when you should not sleep, uh, your nutrition on the on the on the flight, preparing the boys with food on the flight, the the hydration and everything else. Um, it was just quite funny, actually. They they sort of said their advice was. Look, you, you can't sleep on the flight. Um, have your nap after training. Get to the airport and stay awake. Um, and the players were awesome. They're all awake. And and I looked. I think probably about an hour into the flight, and I think I think about eight out of the nine travelling staff were all fast asleep. <laughs> um, probably not heeded the advice quite so much. So no, like I said, the, the level of detail they go into and. Um, it, you know, it sets, sets the team up fantastically well. And I think the boys have probably taken quite a lot of confidence from that. So I think, you know, that Seattle, we, we've been through a couple of tough travels with San Diego and Utah where we yeah. probably haven't got everything right, but had learned from it. Went over to Seattle, got the result, you know, and I think now, you know, if we're, if we're lucky enough to, to be heading to Chicago in a couple of weeks, I think the boys will be quite confident with the travel and, and quite, uh, comfortable with with the, the adaptations and, and um, you know of, of the travel itself. That's awesome. I love the level of detail you're talking about there. That's really incredible, um, and I'm glad to see it paying off, like you said, and, and so much success on the road, especially in the conference uh, this season. Once you get the job done on those matches, how do you relax? What does a coach's rest day look like for you? Uh, no, coaches rest day, definitely not after a game. It doesn't um, exist. That's probably yeah. we're at our busiest. Yeah. No, I mean, depending on the turnarounds, um, you know, sometimes if you're playing a Sunday game and then you're playing the following Saturday, you're obviously a day short. So you're having to, to turn around your analysis, prepare for the following week, prepare for the opposition previews, prepare for various meetings, um, get all your one-on-one with, one-on-ones with players sorted, plan training. So immediately after the game's hectic. Um, that's not to say that, you know, in, in the finest rugby traditions, we don't enjoy, enjoy a, um, a beer or two. You have to, um, yeah. Yeah, especially after a win. They, they don't come easy, so you've got to enjoy a beer or two. But um, I, I suppose our, our day-offs would come later in the week. Um, and, yeah, um, as varied as anything. Uh, today I was up in... Cambridge, having a bit of an explore with with Ricky, who 
the, the assistant SNC who hadn't been up there and we were trying to get ourselves sorted for the awards night tomorrow night and, and trying to find some some smart attire somewhere. So um, that, that was a relaxing day we had today. Excellent. Do you have any uh, hobbies or interests outside rugby? Um, any other sports? Yeah, I do. No, I, I do. I was, I, was, I was trying to think what to say there without sounding <laughs> like a complete rugby rugby laws. No, I, I, my, my hobbies outside of free jacks rugby would, would probably be watching quite a lot of other rugby. Um, you know, certainly being over here, I, my, my girlfriend's not here, so I have loads of time on my hands as well. So get out and explore. I love the, love the outdoors. So getting out for a run, you know, getting out, doing some exercise. Um, hobbies and interests would be, yeah, look, I, I think anything from, um, well, hang on, I'll show you. This is the book I'm reading at the moment, which is uh, This Is Our City, based on Boston's uh, Boston. I think it says here, Boston being the most dominant sports city in the world. So I'm enjoying reading that one at the moment, um, just about the success of the Boston sports team. So no, I love all sports, um, cricket mad, uh, love my rugby, um, pretty much anything and everything. Got really into the Celtics massively onto that bandwagon while they're here so or while they were still in the um still in the off season uh the, the postseason so yeah. yeah in everything that's excellent that's the traditional way to enjoy nba basketball as well so jump on board in the postseason get really excited for the really good games <laughs> yeah. you know those late series games are when it it's really gripping and it's like, not really unique to NBA, but I think it has a particular reputation for fans being like, okay, yeah, I'll put it on now. Now is when it's really getting good. Um, you're uh, you're a young guy, young coach, so you, you wouldn't actually qualify for old boys rugby at this point. But I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Mike, which is if you were to get out on the field for an old, you know, that golden oldies type tournament, real casual, what position would you play? And would you be able to just like chuck the ball around, have a good time, or would you be out for blood? Are you that competitive? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'd probably the latter. <laughs> I think the moment mo I'm not very good with crossing crossing the white line. I think your your competitive juices kick in and you turn into um, into the grub you used to be around the <laughs> around the rugby field. Uh, no, I. Um, I can't say I. I don't miss it enough to be putting my hand up for any tournaments or um, anything. Yeah, anytime I sort of find myself jumping in in training or even you know standing remotely in the way, I normally find myself attracting boys running at me, and I think they they seem to find me um, like a sort of bit of a magnet. So I, I'm I'm happy where I am coaching at the moment. I think if I was to play, it'd probably be. Uh, somewhere in the forwards, but I'd probably find myself popping up at fly half more more than not. So um, getting in everyone's way. <laughs> I love it. I got a, a fly half assist in the tournament as a tight head prop. I could tell you that was the first uh, in my entire life where we just need, somebody had to step in there and I took the pass and made the pass and that guy ran through and touched it down. And I was actually laughing with uh, 
Kane Bob's the the Mystic coach. It was against them, and I, and I was like, I I get it now. That's pretty cool, you know. I, nobody he, he said he's like, yeah, nobody hit you, you know. Nobody even met, did anything. You just had to catch the ball, pass the ball, you score. That's a, it's a good life out there at Fly Half. I'm learning things in my old age. It's amazing. Don't get don't get tackled. It's uh, it's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um, all right. Final question, perhaps the most important one, definitely the weirdest one. Uh, there's a zombie apocalypse of some sort, you know, total societal collapse. Everybody's <laughs> all huddled in little groups in the cities. What's your weapon of choice? You got to get, you know, from Boston to Hartford or Augusta, Maine or somewhere. How are you getting through there? What are you carrying? Yikes. Um, Oh, I'm not sure I'd be too good with a weapon. I'd potentially just have to back uh, hand-to-hand combat. No. Yeah. Maybe just a cricket I, bat, maybe, you know? Yeah, maybe a cricket bat. Yeah, that's that's a great shout, actually. Yeah, maybe a cricket bat. Um, I can throw a yeah, can bowl a cricket ball quite hard. So bat, yeah, give me a cricket bat and a ball um, and a fast car, and, and we'll see how we get on. <laughs> I like that. Not too noisy, you know. You don't want to attract too much attention. No, uh, exactly. Hensy had the best answer, of course, as he would. He was like, "Oh, well, a a, a, a compound bow because it's very powerful, but it's also quiet, and you can reuse the ammunition." It's like, of course, yep. G- like next level thinking. He's already got that figured out. It's like, and then you got to have like a hatchet for close work. You know, if it- he would have spent, he's the type of guy who would have spent hours if not days plotting this eventuality and, and going through the pros and cons of each so fair play to him I, i'd back him to survive if there was a zombie apocalypse yeah that's the guy we're sending like if we have to send somebody it's not you it's not me it's joel hence he's he's getting the he'd mission. love it as well he'd relish it yep excellent well that's <laughs> it that's it for me i'll send you back to phil this has been great talking to you uh thank you so much no awesome mate thank you with all the excitement, where did we leave off? I think I had like two questions left. Did you yeah. get through those, Dave? Or uh, I did not. I jumped. Okay. I jumped right to mine. So you can go no ahead worries. and ask yours. All right. Uh, the news broke on this show of the strategic partnership of New England and Manawatu and NPC. Any plans to head down to New Zealand to help coach uh, with Mike Rogers, or just observe the setup down there? Um. Loose plans. No, I mean not not to not to coach down there, but no, I'd love to. I'd love to get down to New Zealand at some point over the next few months. Um, I think being in Hong Kong throughout lockdown and, and the pretty aggressive lockdowns that they were, I wasn't able to sort of get out and about as much as I'd love to over over the previous sort of four years. So, um, I definitely plan to try and get down there, um, potentially get across to the World Cup as well, and. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure if I am in New Zealand, I'll definitely stop by uh, and catch up with Mikey. That'd be great. We're looking to do the same thing. We just need some uh, some airfare and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know some some spending money, some pocket just look, money. I guess just looking for some sponsors. That all. Yeah, that's, that's all. it. We get some that's sponsors exactly right. and we're good. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, uh, same boat as you guys. Hell yeah. Final question for you here. Um, well, second to last. I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Scott Matthew. Are you ready to become a U.S. citizen and do you plan on coaching your the rest of your career here in New England? 
Um, I caught <laughs> <laughs> me off guard there. No, I haven't got any long-term plans. That's a more answer. The, no, I, I've loved it. I've loved it this year. Um, we'll see beyond that. I'm not very good at planning too far in advance. Um, okay. Let's let's see. <laughs> okay. All right. I like that answer. Hopefully we'll have you back next year. Uh, I think you have done a fantastic job with the forwards. I think everybody agrees upon that. Every time we've asked about you on this show, people just have glowing reviews, whoever we're interviewing. So I really appreciate uh, what you've brought to the table this year, Will. I'm going to open up the floor to you to speak to, for you to speak directly to the Rangers out there, the Free Jacks fans. What do you have to say to them ahead of the Eastern Conference final next week? Oh, um, I've heard so much about the the Free Jack supporters and, and the Boston folk and the Quincy folk before coming over and and even sort of in the, during the preseason. But no, the, the fans have just been unimaginably good. Um, you know, yourself included, Phil, travelling out to Seattle to see us. Um, you know, best fans in the MLR by by, by a long stretch. And I think mm-hmm. you know, last Sunday was was incredible playing in front of 4,770 or whatever it was of veterans. It was, it was amazing. And I think the, you know, it's such an important part of, of us and the team, you know, the community and, and playing in front of fans. It, it really does mean a huge amount to us. And hopefully we can get close to that record, if not break it, um, at the conference final and, um, you know, give, give people an opportunity to get out to Chicago if they, if they're able to do so. So no, just um, a huge thank you uh, for all the support and the continued support. It, it really does mean a huge amount. Love it. That's a great way to end the show here, Will. Appreciate you coming on here as always. We've got one word to exit the video in three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Huzzah!